good thursday evening welcome to another edition of the sideline junkies thursday night throwdown as you can see the boss bj myself the big guy kg coming in and uh i'm representing let me slide back a little bit i'm representing a detroit native and one Aaliyah. so yeah repping finally found me a shirt that's in my size so i'm happy about that i'm rocking the hell out of this i know so, you are yeah man huge Aaliyah when fan you, when you showed it to me i said that thing will get worn out yep because uh my, my lovely wife has the other one that i could not fit you know look like the hulk but it was like the gun <laughs> show though i can't say that oh man it was like the gun show but uh we got some topics to get into. I wanted to get into them last night, uh, but I couldn't get my thoughts together. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bug the boss about this. We're going to come in tonight. So first and foremost, we're going to start locally. Jack Del Rio. Jack <laughs> Del Rio. Whew. He referred to, in a tweet and press conference, he referred to the January 6th insurrection as a dust-up is what he called it. Um, in his words, it was just a dust-up. It wasn't like anybody was burning down property or anything. So basically, he was making calls to the 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 uh protest of the murder of George Floyd, um the protest of murder of Breonna Taylor, you know, a lot of black lives Countless matter. Lives. Yeah, yeah, that. basically black a black lives matter jab. Right. Now here's the thing those protests turned violent. And it was always said, well, Black Lives Matter is always violent. No, those are peaceful protests. That were infiltrated. And there's you video. By, you mean by people driving hours to become and you know y y protect things saying. that don't belong to them and still get away with yeah. murder? Yeah. 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 Something like but that. Those peaceful protests were infiltrated, and there is plenty of video for evidence if you want to see it. It's there. A lot of those protests and a lot of that uprising was infiltrated by people that had nothing to do with it. Now me personally, one does not cancel out the other. I've always said, you know, looting and rioting, don't do it in your own neighborhood because you still got to live there. Take it to the people neighborhood that you need to. You know, that's just me. I I'm a little different. Yeah, yeah. But for him to say that it's just a dust up, and I, I, I followed Jack Del Rio on and off for years on Twitter, and I know he's a staunch Republican. He's never said nothing to this level. And the consequences and repercussions that are coming down from these remarks are quick and heavy. Um, So far, Virginia, Virginia Senator, who had a meeting planned with the Washington Commanders, for those that don't know, this is the Washington Commanders defensive coordinator, a meeting that was planned with the Washington Commanders uh, owner Daniel Snyder and uh, Jason Wright. I'm sorry, it wasn't with Daniel Snyder. It was Jason Wright. 
uh, to talk about a stadium bill has been canceled. And this particular senator said that bill probably won't even make it to the floor for us to vote on. It is like I don't, you know, and y'all have to excuse me. I'm like 85 percent of the battle on a, a bug all this week. So I'm a little slower slurry. I apologize now, but um, you know, I know we're a sports show, but you know, we got a responsibility to talk about certain things and this is indirectly in the sports world. Um, I don't know, and I watched that clip over and over again about what Jack the Real said about the uh Capitol riots and uh comparing it to you know looting and burning stuff down and stuff and um Never got to see the whole conference press conference on kind of where that question comes from and where they what they was talking about. But let me let me just say this. Um Jack Del Rio right now isn't a very good defensive coordinator. Okay, let's just say that. Um, you know, he's whatever he's done in the past is the past, and currently, you know, his unit hasn't shown up. So You try to keep it about sports. You try to keep it about that. But when somebody says something like that and you represent all different type of nationalities on that team, players from all walks of life, different beliefs, whatever, you run the risk of alienating players that might take offense to that, right? And for me, for the last year and a half, two years, the Washington commander Commanders have been a complete shit show. So you add this fuel to a fire. This fire is, is, you know, even with the kind of like settling down this band with not too much big news coming out besides the stadium. Um, this is still a dumpster fire that hasn't been put out. So you coming out and saying this adds more gasoline to that. You're dumping gasoline and diesel on a fire that still hasn't been put out with this organization as far as just allegations of allegations and mishandling this and, you, you know, your owner involved in this. And then you have your, of all people, your defensive coordinator that's not very good right now come out and say something about a super touchy subject and pretty much tells you what side he was on about, you know, what 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 happened and you know where he stands and it's just like one thing he did say well let's have a conversation jack let's have a conversation we here let's have a conversation let's talk and i just want to know why you let me let me backtrack i know why you think you can say that because you have a certain privilege that me and the big guy kg don't have so that's why you feel like you can, just like the, you know, the Karens of the world, that's why you feel like you can come out and say whatever you want to say. But big guy, I'm telling you, this isn't going to end well for him because we live in a super political climate right now where you say the wrong thing. It, it doesn't have to be political. You just say the wrong thing now. If you're of stature, you have some type of following, that what you say spreads like wildfire and all of a sudden what you had is gone the rug pulled from underneath um 
I'm trying to trying to get my words together the way I want to say it. I thought that um, um, I can't even think of his name. Head coach, what's head coach name? Ron Rivera. I told you, y'all got to work with him by eighty five percent. All right, the the cogs in the in the head ain't spinning like they usually spin. When they were when they hired this guy, I thought this was a really solid hire, really solid guy, real well respected around the NFL. But does it seem to you, and I'm I'm gonna throw this back to you. Does it seem to you that maybe he doesn't have control of his staff, of his players? Does it does it seem like that to you because just of the things that's going on in that organization, is it too big for him? I'm not going to say it's too big for him. And this is, this is a different climate than when he coached, he was D coordinator out in San Diego, head coach in Carolina. This is a different climate. It's the nation's capital. This is, uh, you know, the most powerful city in the world that you're 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 in this is a fan base that's stalled for winning you know on the field but when it comes down to discipline and i think brian mitchell who touched on it yesterday and i'll read his statement in a minute he hit the nail on the head you're supposed to be a disciplinarian you can't just discipline the players and expect them to listen to you need to discipline your coach staff they're under you too but ron revere he seems like he's a disciplinarian behind closed doors. This is one of those things that has to be done front and center. Bill Walsh style. I'm going to chew your ass out in front of everybody, let you let everybody know nobody's exempt. I'm holding everybody to a certain standard. And, I mean, Daniel Snyder don't have no room to talk, so I'm going I'm to need Jason Wright to step in here and say, you know what, I'm going to have to dress you down in public. Because you said something publicly that you should have kept to yourself. Absolutely. 100%. Not saying that Jack Del Rio don't have freedom of speech. He can believe and feel what he wants. That's great. That is great. But like you said, we're in a touchy subject. And we're in a touchy climate where you can't just blurt out what you're thinking. Because if I blurt out what I'm thinking, what, what, what? what viewership we have, what listenership we have on this show is probably gone, but I'm not just affecting myself. I'm affecting every other sideline junkie on every other platform with something that I believe in. But it, it just, it lets you know he didn't, he didn't care. No, but he believed it. He's been, so he's, been burn, he's been burning and say something about that. You just don't come out and say something like that. That's when those, those capital rise happen. That's what he believes. And my thing is, how many, you know, you know, when you refer to the riot and the looting, what are you referring to? But let's be honest. Exactly. Right? So how many players on your defense are of color? 95 to 97%. Okay. So my thing is, one thing I always say about being a head coach, you're a leader of men. And you have to, even if your beliefs are strong or whatever you are, Christian, Muslim, you know, whether you're a Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter because now you have to lead a unit or a whole team and you have to merge everybody's beliefs together. You have to be like, look, when we get on that field, it's about football. 
when we in this stadium, it's about football. You want to tweet on your personal account? I mean, that's not really good either because still, like you said, it still affects the team, what you say in your personal time. You know, you can't really separate yourself when you're the head defensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. When you say something out of bounds or left wing, you know, it's going to come back and be like, man, does all the Washington Commanders think like this? Do all the head coaches think like this? Mm-hmm. And now what do the players say? Now you now, And that's what I was saying. Now you create a whole different ball of fire, a whole different media storm on a team that really hasn't won anything, hasn't done anything productive in the last couple of years. So now you bring more pressure to the table on top of the thick black clouds that's already over this organization from sexual abuse, mishandling of money to stadium um, um, conditions, everything. Everything now you're you're bidding for a new stadium. You're trying to get a war that's going between Maryland, DC, and Virginia to who wants to build a stadium, and that's not really working because nobody really wants you here. You know, because of the ownership. You got the NFL rumors going around NFL that the owners want to oust Daniel Snyder. And then you add this to it. It's just like, what's next with this? It's like everything that comes out, something, you know, you 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 have a really good draft. You get Jahan Dawson, you know, you get some good players in here that, you know, could, you know, you're really excited to come out. You know, we might be able to work something out. We can get Carson Wentz to this level. We can't even talk about it. We can't even talk about Carson Wentz and some of the play the, the plays and catches Dotson and making him in practice. We can't talk about that because Jack Del Rio thinks that he can say whatever the hell he wants. And you can't do that. You can't do that. You when you're out of the league. And, you know, you're on your own. Look, do your thing. Do your thing. But right now, you need to shut the hell up, man. I'm going to say this. And we, we, those of us that are sitting here, we've lived through the insurrection on January 6th. We've lived through countless riots in the last seven to eight years. We've lived through... Um, some of us are old enough to remember the, 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 the LA riots in 92, which seemed like it was, that was 30 years ago, but, and that had been building for quite some time. And that's just like, when you got a house and it's a powder keg sitting in the house and sparks are flying, the powder keg gonna go off. That's what the, the catalyst for the 92 riots was. Then you have, you know, that generation that remembers the 68 riots. You know, the rise of 82 It's so many people that remember these things. But January 6th was a surreal time. And the the the, the lady that was shot trying to climb through a window, she was shot, shot by Secret Service. They wanted to make her a martyr for breaking the law. Like that's actually punishable by life in jail. But they wanted to make her a martyr. Wrong on so many levels, but Jack Del Rio felt that you know it was right. Now, this is what uh B Mitch had to say, Brian Mitchell, uh 1067 the fan out there in DC, because I am not home, but <laughs> um out in DC. Uh Ron Rivera is saying he won't talk about Jack Del Rio's controversial tweet tweets. Now, this is verbatim what 
B Mitch had to say. Listen, I see a lot of stuff going on with this team right now, and this is where I'm about to go to hell off. And I get sick of it. We have a coach who we sit up here and try to put on a pedestal as his disciplinarian, and he got a damn defensive coordinator who constantly pokes the goddamn bed. Okay, you got an undisciplined D coordinator, but you want your football team to be disciplined. And I'm supposed to give a damn about somebody that out there in practice, T-shirts and pants, and they had a collision? I'm supposed to care about that stuff? Hell with that. I care about him, Ron Rivera, getting his damn D coordinator in control before somebody beats his ass up. That's what I care about. I care about somebody stopping this man from constantly poking his little racial bed with, with what he's been saying. That's what I care about. I don't care how livid he is. He should be livid about the man who's sitting here constantly going against what he present, presents himself as, and he does it over and over and over again, and never, ever does he address it. That's what I care about. So we got so we got to understand one thing. The football thing is cool, but there's a lot of stuff that's going on with the football team that is not cool. And when you have Jack Del Rio who constantly feels I can go just I can just go out and say whatever the hell I want to say. Why? Because the coach never says anything to him. You yep. get all these issues going on with the Washington commanders right now. And he constantly trying to make waves about waves because of stupidity. And you wonder why the team wasn't disciplined last year because your damn leader that's leading your defense is not disciplined. I give a damn about that. And B Mitch hit the damn nail on the head. He 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 hit it on the head. If, if Ron Revere does not take control and put a stop to this and, 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 and discipline Jack Del Rio, because here's the thing. Yes, you have freedom of speech. But here's the thing about freedom of speech. You can't say certain things while you're on company time. Yes. Wearing the company's logo because you're a representation of that company. If yes. you don't want to be a representation of that company, don't wear the logo. Don't take the job. BJ, you go to work. You got a logo on, 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 on your shirt. You can't go and, and tell some somebody because they said something you don't like or something that you believe in. You can't knock them over the head with it and say, well, this is what I believe in. Fuck you if you don't like it. You can't yeah. say that because you're a representation of the company. Absolutely. If you look in your employee handbook, no matter where you live in the country, look in your employee handbook. It is frowned upon and it's a fireball fence. So last but not least, we got a poll going on. It's a couple more hours on our Twitter page. Sideline junkies go vote on that. If you will, should uh, Ron Rivera relieve not fire, but should he relieve Jack Del Rio of his duties as defensive coordinator of the Washington commanders? I don't think he has the balls to do it. I don't. This isn't the Ron Rivera of ten years ago. Um, you know, he went through some 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 serious stuff with cancer and different things, and he just seems like a, a softer version of the Ron Rivera from yesteryear. I don't think. I think it has to happen. I mean, I've been calling for Jack Del Rio's job just because of the on the field. You know, I, I've been calling for the the lack of creativity on. Let's just let's just stay on the field for a second. The lack of creativity on defense, the defensive rankings tell the tale. The rankings don't lie. Defensive rankings don't lie. All right. You've been a bottom tier defensive coordinator for the last couple of years, and nobody's held you accountable. You're still trying out there like 
you know, hey, we top five. We're a top five unit. We can stop anybody. And that's yet to be proven. So we just talking on the field. I've been calling for Jack Del Rio to lose his job for a long time. So now you bring this all this off the field crap at a commander's press conference. I don't know why. I don't know why on God's green earth you thought you could say that at a commander's press conference. Why? I, I just don't get it. I get it. I know why. I said it early in the show. But yeah, I, I think that Jack Del Rio has to be relieved. Is Ron Rivera going to do it? I don't think so. I think Ron Rivera is sitting looking through his book, trying to figure out what Carolina, ex-Carolina Panther he can sign next. I really, I, he don't care about this. And well, he, well, you said he, you said he said, Ron Rivera said he's not going to address it. He's not going to talk about it. He may not talk talk about it in the media, but I don't know about behind closed doors. Yeah, he's going to have, he's probably going to have to. It's some, somebody's going to have to come out and say something, whether it's, um, um, what's the executive name? Jason Wright. Jason Wright. Somebody's going to have to say, Tanya Snyder, somebody's going to have to say something. Because this is going to snowball, and it's just going to be one of those things where every time Jack Del Rio comes up to the mic or one of those defensive players on his unit, and, hey, what do you think about what Coach said? It's not even going to be about football. How, and, and like B-May said, how can you expect these players to go out on the field and give 100% when you think your coach thinks a certain way about people that look like you? Right? And, yeah. And he, he, here's the thing. He apologized. Which I don't want to really. I don't say about that. You say what you say, and go through Twitter. Just type in Jack Del Rio, and just go through it, and just look at how many people, whether you know him or not, that agree. Oh, he was right. That's why they trashed him. He was right. Touchy subject, because very touchy. Those of us that know, just like when we talk about uh, uh, the silent protest of Kaepernick and all the players that took a knee for the anthem, everybody was, oh, you're disrespecting the flag. It was never about the flag. Once that got turned around to what you thought it was, and it just took off, it, you never really cared what it was about. You never cared what it was about. Just like these protests of, of police brutality. Okay, when it's silent, you don't hear it. But when things start to happen, now you're taking notice of it. Oh, well, this needs to stop. Well, stop killing people that are unarmed and did nothing. And maybe maybe going to the school when it's a school shooter prancing around killing kids and not standing outside. I mean, that, that that's something right there. But, you know... He apologized. Uh, I don't want to hear an apology. And I, I tell my kids this. I don't forgive apologies. I forgive change behavior. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. Fuck you know, your apology. Exactly. But I also tell my kids, you know, well, they like my oldest daughter, she always asks me, well, ain't you going to forgive them? No, God forgives. I don't. That's just me. And it, it's not people. I say that people say, "Well, you're holding a grudge." I'm not, no, I'm not holding a grudge. I just know like I can't mess with you the same way. I can't look at yeah. you the same. It, it, you know, if it's a sincere apology, then it's change behavior. Change behavior should follow that that sincere apology. Exactly. You apologize. You apologize when people you bump into people. You know, walking. You know, 
you outside. That's apology. But when mm-hmm. you do something out of out of the pocket, out of bounds, no pun intended. That's an inside joke. Um, you know, yeah, you you the apology. What makes sure the apology is just the first step. What makes your apology solid, sincere, real? That I know you meant it is when you change your behavior and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So until that happens, then your apology don't mean jack, Dale, shit. Yeah. You want to apologize? How about you sit down with some leaders? You sit down with some leaders of the black community, and you 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 ask questions because if you don't know something, the best way to figure out why something is going on, if you can, sit down to ask. You can sit back and have conversation. You can get a better understanding of things. If you don't understand and you're just going off what Fox News tell you or 45 was telling you, you're misinformed. You got to go and see see what it is from the, from the, from the street level. You got to see it from, from the level that it's happening at. You know? You got a lot of people, oh man, racism is dead. One Antonio Brown. Racism don't exist. Yeah, it don't exist for you, dude. It don't exist for you. But think about the countless people that look like myself and the boss BJ. We don't have millions of dollars. But we get discriminated on an awful lot. We don't bring it up and say, oh man, I got this race. Nah. It but it happens. Whether it's in your face or subtle, it happens. But if you you will never know that if you never talk to us. So yep. Jack Del Rio, you, <laughs> you you got a lot to go on. And I do agree with the boss BJ. I do think he needs to be relieved of his command. Uh you tone deaf. You tone deaf to, to, to this situation on both sides. So you need to talk to people. But anyhow. Moving on to NBA, uh, last night, Golden State Warriors visited TD Bank Stadium. Oh, is that what TD Water Garden, whatever the hell it's called? The Boston Garden, Paul, I can uh, <laughs> I love the simple fact of a video that came out before the game of the big red deadhead, Bill Walton, getting on a train. That just... It hit me right here because I'm a big Bill Walton fan. I love Bill Walton. Um, he was like, the trainers don't even rock no more. No, they don't, they're not doing that no more. But Boston showed up and showed out. They started in the first quarter, and they ran uh, 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 Golden State nearly out the gym, but Golden State fought back. But that fourth quarter has been the Achilles heel of the Golden State Warriors, they were outscored 23-11 in the fourth quarter. Uh, they lose 116-100. to 100. Andrew Wiggins, 18.7 rebounds. Klay Thompson finally showed up to the finals today. I mean, last finally. night. Finally. Finally. 25-3. Uh, Steph had 31-4. and four. Jordan Poole, 10. Uh, Otto Porter had a pretty three-pointer. I mean, he just threw that up, and that thing just hit bottom of the net. That was beautiful. Uh, he only gave up six. Um, a shocking stat line, and I'll get into him a little bit later, was Draymond Green's two points, three assists, and four rebounds. Shocking. Uh, on the other side, Jason Tatum, 
26, nine assists, six rebounds. Al Horford, 11, eight, and six. Uh, Robert Williams, who didn't, who played a lot of minutes last night, who didn't normally play this amount of minutes, had eight points and 10 rebounds, a bucket short of a double double. Jalen Brown, 27 and nine. Marcus Smart, 24 and seven. Uh, 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 Grant Williams, he had uh, 10 points and five rebounds. Overall, before we get into Draymond Green, brother, what did you think of the performance for both teams in this game? When you when you reel down that stat line for the Golden State Warriors, they usually equates to a W for them. Um, and I, you know, I picked the Warriors in seven, which is looking a little murky for me. It just seems like when Boston is rolling, Boston has another gear. You know, they showed it against Miami. You know, if you look back at those Miami series, besides that last game, they handled Miami in those wins. Miami had to play with 125% effort, everybody shooting on all cylinders to beat Boston. Um, and it looks like Golden State doesn't have that extra gear. Now, they had the experience. You still got Steph. You still got Mr. I should have been on the 75 greatest team, Clay Thompson. You still have him. You still got plenty, you know, Wiggins. You, you still got plenty of, of, of good offensive weapons. Um, but it just seems like to me, Boston wants this a little bit more than Golden State. And and I don't – it's hard for me to say because I know Golden State, you know, like I said, they built it. They won before KD. They're here sitting in the finals fighting for another championship after Kevin Durant. You know, it's a, it's, it, you, know you got a great coach as Steve Kerr. Um, but on the other side, Boston is just – they're rising to the occasion, man. I don't really have much to say other than that. They they're just um like if they if they if they win, you know, go up three one, like what do you they've already they already got gained home court advantage by beating Golden State game one. And that game, that first game told you a lot because they had to come back. They were down. They were down in that first the, that first game. They came back and beat them by eight points. I believe it was eight points they beat them by. So for Boston, that just tells you, you know, when you're playing, like, we're never out of this. All we got to do is keep scrapping and fight. We, we're never out of this. We, we just got to figure out how to get back on track. And I think that might have did a psyche for Golden State. You, you know, Golden State's up and it's and it raining threes and Curry running around and turning around and, Hitting threes is usually a W for them, and it wasn't that game. It is, it's like, you know, that one that one time you see Superman stopped in his tracks, and that was that time. It was like, you know, Golden State pouring it on, and Boston just like – and Boston did not play well that first game. That's – I don't know if a lot of people realize that Boston struggled the first half. Boston struggled, and they came back and won that game. Um I think I think Boston might have this over in six. I know my original, um, my original pick is down, but I, I think Boston might might have this in six games, man. I really do. Well, I, I still say Boston in seven. Uh, my mama gonna make me breakfast off of that, so I'm happy for that. I need Boston <laughs> to win this. Um, I want a breakfast with seven different kinds of meat. Uh, it's possible. Trust me. Um, here's my thing. 
Boston played well. Their role players played well. That's what Golden State lacked. Golden State lacked effort from their role players. They also didn't get too much effort from Draymond. And I'm I was surprised because he played 35 minutes, but he only scored two points. Here's what I have to say about Draymond. Now, he's in this pissing match with Cedric Maxwell. And now Isaiah Thomason jumped into it and to the point where Isaiah Thomas, like you're playing schoolyard ball and your your head is not in this series. I agree with Zeke wholeheartedly because if you're you worried about what Cedric Maxwell is saying to you and you're worried about responding to him instead of worried about defeating the Boston Celtics. Now, what Cedric Maxwell said was all that stuff that Draymond does. He wouldn't do that when we were playing in the 80s. Somebody would knock him the hell out. He had to come back. Well, you guys were getting punked by Bill Lambie. And I'm like, you're talking to Cedric Maxwell. This dude went into the crowd and knocked the fan out for talking. He was an enforcer for those early Boston teams. He's a finals MVP. And you're talking shit to Cedric Maxwell? Maxwell came back. Ask your daddy about me. Uh, ask your daddy about <laughs> when 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 Draymond said that. And I know Draymond's a smart dude, dude. Do you realize do you, even if you if you were talking to Vernon Maxwell, I would advise you not to because Vernon Maxwell, another dude that went in the stands and knocked the fan out. You're talking to guys that played in the era where they had a fight at least once a week. Now they've cracked down on it now. Y'all can join a little bit, but these dudes threw haymakers. Yeah, they did. Daryl, who was that? Daryl Dawkins and somebody. These, this all you see right here. Yes, yeah. That's all you see. Hands up. <laughs> these dudes fought in preseason. Larry Bird versus Doctor J in preseason. Yep. That's bad blood right there. You talking to Cedric Maxwell? You need to focus on. What you need to do to help Golden State win. And Draymond is capable of giving you a double-double. He can, like I said before, he can give you a triple-double if he wanted to. You can't put yourself on this pedestal. You can't be put on this pedestal if you can be distracted by something a, 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 a veteran player, excuse me, an older player is saying. Okay, let Cedric Maxwell talk. You got it. You got to you know, ignore that and respond. move on. Right. I can respond after I'm holding up the championship trophy. Yes, sir. Yep. Cedric Maxwell, how you like me now? Yeah. You use that as, 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 as energy, as fuel, because you're hurting your team not being focused. And, and then Steph Curry, somebody says Steph Curry got the crazy look in his eyes, and when you see the crazy look, oh, he about to go off. Steph can go off all he want. If he don't get the help that he needs, he cannot beat them by himself. You on mute, brother. I was talking to Junior. He oh. came out here asking for, uh, you say mama her phone. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah, man, it's, you know, we talk about it. You know, we talked about it several times on it. Just, it's just like, you know, today's players, they feel like they have to respond right away when something said about them, you know, that they don't like, you know, keep that same energy when people are praising you and stuff. I don't ever see anybody come on there and say, Hey, thanks for that. I appreciate that. I don't see that. 
But mm-hmm. always something negative come through. And like you said, right now, your your focus should be what do I need to do to get Golden State this team on track so we can win game four. That should be your focus. And you know, I know Draymond got his podcast and you know everything else, but it just seems like you know, just like all the other players, it's like you strike that it's easy to strike a nerve with them. And they have to respond. They have to say something just instead of, <laughs> like you said, shutting up. And and at the end, if you hold up that trophy, that's the satisfaction right there. That's it. You you think that Cedric Maxwell saying something to Draymond Green, you don't think that's a ploy to say, you know, hey, I need Boston to win this because I'm a Celtic through and through. I need Boston to win this. So I'm going to say something to this dude and he's going to crumble like a cookie. That's old school. You don't have players that do that anymore. Dennis Rodman was famous for getting inside of dude's heads. Shaquille O'Neal said it himself. He said, when you, you got Dennis Rodman checking you, he'll lean on your shoulder. He'll pull your shorts down. He might reach around and pinch your nipple. You know, he may say something crazy to you. And he like you like get off me, get away from me. You more focused on getting away from him than you are playing yeah. your game. Yep. He won the mental battle. Once he wins the mental battle, it's over. It, it's all over after that. Then he would just be there laughing and giggling to himself, man. Because he, what he I, did I, I, to Blake Bukowski. Yep. And after that, he knew he won. It, mm-hmm. it was over. He won. And one thing about him, he was from that that eighties era too, with the bad boy piss, and he could throw hands too. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, everybody's getting on Draymond, and I hope he responds with a, you know, if he gives me twenty and ten in the, in in game four, and it's a win, I think that'll quiet everybody down. But you can't come out there and lay an egg anymore. You know, granted, I do want Boston to win this series. But I also want to see a good series. I don't want to see Boston just blow Golden State out and, and cruise to the championship. No, I need to see some resistance. I want this to go seven. And I want that game seven to come down to a double overtime thriller. That's what I want. Give me that. And it, 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 it's one on a last second shot by anybody. I'll take that. But in order for that to happen, Clay has to stay at the party. Draymond has to focus on taking the prettiest girl home, not focus on what Cedric Maxwell, what Zeke said. You can't focus on what they said. You're trying to play and impress the prettiest girl so you can take her home. And her name is Larry O'Brien. That's not the greatest analogy. Hey, man, she showed up in the Louis Vuitton case every season. Hey, man. Hey, I'll take it. But he has to he has to get out of this mindset and i mean this is we always give life advice this is life advice you got to get out of that mindset of responding to negativity every time somebody says something every negative time. about you every time and People, and and, and we, we were saying earlier it's just like when we go back to what jack the real why would you bring negative <laughs> you know you're trying to avoid the negative why would you bring negative now Everybody got to address it, you know. Exactly. It's not just it's not just you. Everybody got. Oh, what did you think about what uh Cedric Maxwell said to Draymond and this, that, and the other? Everybody got it on the team. Got to at least answer one question about it. 
Steve Kerr got to talk about it, man. You know, it, it's just it's a distraction that does not need to happen. Exactly. Think about it like this. It's something my grandmother told me a long time ago. People going to talk about you. Whether you live, die, you do what's right, you do what's wrong. They're going to talk about you every day. It's not your job to pay attention to what they have to say, because number one, it's not taking food out of your mouth. It's not taking money out of your pocket. Because when it's all said and done, they put you six feet deep. They're going to pat dirt in your face. It's like they're going to pat dirt in mine. Don't worry about it. And I mean, that's just one of the gems that she dropped on me. But I'm just saying, dude, you got to get out of that headspace. You too old for that. You 32 years old. You way too old to be focused on what the negatives say. It's a lot of uh people on IG. It's a lot of people on IG that focus on what the negative you got to say negative. I, I was watching a live last night, and it probably had to be the one of the most boringest lives I've ever seen. And a, a gentleman commented and he said something. She he didn't even say anything ultra negative. He asked a question. The chick was like, uh-uh, I ain't dealing with that block. I was like, damn, for a simple question. I said, you know what? I'll see myself out. I left the live. I went and unfollowed her, made sure I blocked her because I don't need that type of negativity in my life. I'm good. But, but see, like, 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 you know, like we always say, man, it's just like this generation. They think those rules apply to real life where you could just block somebody. You don't have to, you don't, I don't have to listen to this. And sometimes it's constructive criticism. It's not somebody being negative. They're trying to get, drop, drop some knowledge on you because you might not be right. You might, you, you might be off a little bit and they're trying to correct you. And then people don't like being corrected. People don't like you, you know, and they, but they, they just block. Oh, I'm going to block you. I don't need mm -hmm. that in my life. And then, you know, it's you never get that constructive criticism because you block all the people that and, and some genuine. Now, like, look, look, some people are assholes on these social media sites. I understand that. But you block some of the genuine people that just like, hey, that's not right. You know, it's, you know, da, 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 da. And you go off on them and now you surrounded yourself with yes men. Mm hmm. So, it, it, you know, let, let, let me put it to you this way. We've known each other a long time. And out of the two of us, I've wanted to do some dumb shit <laughs> over the years. Not once have you said, yeah, go ahead and do that. Go, go, go ahead and do that. No, think about it this way. And one of the things that I always say I'm blessed to have is to have people in your corner that you can bounce stuff off of and say, I'm thinking about doing this, this, and this. And you don't get the same answer each time. Like I can bounce something off of you. You say, well, look at it this way. I bounce it off my wife. She says, look at it this way. And then I put both of those together and I'm like, well, damn, maybe I shouldn't do that. I don't, you can't surround yourself with a bunch of yes men. Because if they keep telling you yes, you're going to wind up dead, broke, or something else, and they're going to walk away from you because they ain't got nothing to do with you. So, every time, every time. That's a, a little life advice, but we need to get up out of here. Um, where's that? Where's that banner? There it is. Wrap that shit up. Shout out to my wife. 
I know she watching. She took my other my black Aaliyah shirt because it was the gun show. She didn't want me to show the gun show when I was out here. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Oh. Uh, we don't need that type of drama on the sideline junkies live. Man. But <laughs> oh shoot. There she go. There she go. <laughs> she ain't want the gun show, but it's okay, baby. It's okay. When I come home, it's gonna be the gun show. So, but we gotta get up out of here. We got things to do, dinner to eat. Uh that's all our time. Uh, we'll try to come back tomorrow because what we got, we got game four tomorrow. All those platforms, zoom in, zoom in, all those platforms, y'all. Um, can you zoom in on this? No, you can't. <laughs> they have to. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm about to say, man. They got a, hey, every whatever. streaming platform. That's what I'm about to say. Whatever, whatever you listen to podcasts on, you'll find us there. So, until tomorrow, uh, I, I know I missed last night, but when that Jack Del Rio mess came out, man, who boy kind of rubbed the big guy the wrong way. So, until tomorrow, y'all be easy. Uh, everybody love everybody, damn it. So, until next time, y'all have a good night. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Medicine.